You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but for some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversation as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit our website, betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. And we welcome you, listener, to episode 130 of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. And it feels like it's episode 130 in Genesis 25. We've been here a while. This is what, the eighth, ninth episode? Right. And I do have great news. We are moving forward in Genesis 25. I thought you were going to say this will be the last Genesis 25 episode. Mm, I can't say that. <laughs> Maybe, but um depends on... <laughs> How steadily we can get through this. Yeah, it's funny because we're finally getting to the episode I thought we were getting at, getting to five episodes ago, the the Esau despised his birthright, the food episode. That's right. And the irony is we've had a marathon recording uh, res, uh, session today. We've done, this is our fifth episode today because we're on the verge of hectic summer schedules. And at some point we ate lunch and here I am getting hungry. <laughs> for red meat? Because we yeah, for red meat. Probably. <laughs> probably. Whoa. All right, so we're in we're in Genesis 25. Genesis 25 brought uh, to you by Snickers. Not are, going anywhere for still, a while. <laughs> are we still 27? No, we're going to actually move on. Okay. We're going to keep it in the back of our mind what we've just read. Um, but uh we're going to look at verse 29 through the end of the chapter. Before we get to that, let me make an appeal to the listener and say um, if you're listening to this and for whatever reason you're not subscribed, go ahead and take a few moments to do that. Uh, hit the check, check box, the plus sign, the smiley face, the thumbs up, whatever that looks like on your platform of choice. And not only are you going to get a notification every Tuesday morning when we release a new episode, you're also going to help spread the pod- podcast even farther by having these various platforms recommend it. Um, it's actually funny. It has nothing to do with this po- of this particular podcast, but the algorithm has blessed us in mysterious ways. We posted a picture by we, I mean First Baptist Tupelo posted a picture of our uh, renovation of our parking lot in progress, and a man from Brisbane, Australia, got recommended our, our <laughs> post. Someone who has never even visited the United States and said, "You know what? From Australia, you guys enjoy." <laughs> you guys enjoy the new parking lot. I have no idea why the Facebook algorithm gave me this welcome, picture. Welcome, friend. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Never underestimate the algorithm. So if you're from Brisbane, Australia, you're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast, welcome. Remember that Polish listener we had early on? Yeah, oh, yeah. I do remember that. All right. So I actually haven't read in a while. So I feel like I... Sh- well, a while in terms of episodes, it's we've been recording for six hours and we've all read today. <laughs> no, I haven't read today. No, have Matt, you not read today? Matt has not I read have today. not read today. Oh, well, then by all means, sir. Uh, yeah, I mean, ever since you read the genealogy that wasn't a genealogy, that's right. <laughs> Don't steal this. All right. <laughs> so, reading from Genesis chapter 25, verses 29 through the end of the chapter, as always from the ESV. Once. When Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field, and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, Let me eat some of that red stew, for I am exhausted. Therefore his name was called Edom. Jacob said, Sell me your birthright now. 
Esau said, I am about to die. Of what use is birthright to me? Jacob said, Swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went on his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Okay. I want to say two things right off the bat. One, Jacob is cooking here in more than one way. (laughs) No, that is a good line. But um, Jacob was not... uh, he was not directed by Rebecca here. This man cooked this up on his own. No, so. He saw Esau coming a mile away. Mm-hmm. And second, Esau, he is so extra. You are not <laughs> dying. Like it, you, th- That's right. You are not dying. He's a man her. of passion. <laughs> Everything is big. My wife accuses me of being dramatic every now and then, and I say, um, I think... I think theatrical is the more neutral description. (laughs) I am dying for food. Oh, man. Well, so it is interesting that... uh, And I think we can all agree that Jacob wins the church's chili (laughs) cook-off. It is interesting. uh, We've already talked about this, but the, the writer of Hebrews, when he deals with this story, when he's talking about Esau... He says and leads with it, see to it that no one is as godless or sexually immoral as Esau, who for a, for, in fact, let me just read it to you. So instead of me just making up words here, Hebrews twelve sixteen says that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he was denied to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. Like, the New Testament here is picking up on, this is so foolish. Mm -hmm. This is a single meal. Well, and there's... And it's not even red meat. that's, That's the thing. That's the thing. There's so much more. Uh, I'll never forget the first time I really got into this passage. There's, we always say there's more, not less. Um, the uh, There's so much here. The whole pretext of the passage happens. Esau's been out in the field. The mighty hunter hasn't killed anything. Mm-hmm. And he comes in an old domestic Jacob. That's right. Uh, you know, wearing mama's apron in our caricatures. That's no, right. Jacob's cooking a stew. And the interesting thing is, Esau says to Jacob, let me eat some of that. We hit on this last week, red stew. And it's in this verse that it says, therefore, his name was called Edom, red. Is he saying in a roundabout way, I'm, even though I haven't provided today, I'm the provider. Give me some of that Esau stew. Mm. Ooh, I didn't you see what I'm saying? Like it's, it's the Esau. I want that red meat stew. I want the stew with the stuff that I provide for the family. Mm. Um, you think about... It's Again, interesting. I, Jacob is. You're right. It does look like you. Uh, Here you go. How about that? Uh, well, I, I go <laughs> back. I go back to the uh, Cain and Abel story. Um, why is it that God looks on Abel's offering uh, differently than He looks on Cain's? 
uh, we're, te- we're told that Abel brings the firstborn and the fatty portions, right? Abel trusted the God of the garden to sustain them and bless them outside of the garden. Cain seems to have been holding his best back for himself. Right. Right? Does Esau have a skewed view on, figuratively and literally speaking, what he brings to the table? Mm. Give me some of that red meat stew. That Give me some of that Esau, that Edom stew, that for I'm exhausted. Stew. So that's interesting to me. The interesting thing to me is that uh, we'll, we'll talk about Jacob's trickery, but look at the end of the, uh, look at 34. Then Jacob gave Esau what? Bread and Bread. lentil stew. Lentil stew. What does he not give him? No meat. No red meat. Mm. He, got, he got what he wanted from Esau without giving Esau what Esau thought he was getting in return. And this is a big thing. Uh, like, so I, I hope, man, when readers saw that we had a food scene, I mean, when listeners saw that we had a food, I don't know why I keep saying readers. We need to write something. Um, uh, when our listeners saw, hey, this is, this is a food episode, hmm. I hope those wheels started turning because this is a big thing for me. Um, there are so many key stories in the Bible that involve food. Again, when God creates them in Genesis 1, the language is food language. God's first words to mankind are be fruitful. He could have just said multiply. He says be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. The first blessing given to mankind is behold, I have given you every seed bearing plant for food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the first temptation of mankind involves what they're going to eat. And notice how that scene takes it. That scene almost directly anticipates this one. The serpent gets them to betray their ultimate created design for the sake of an immediate provision. Like he takes their eyes off of all the other sources of food in the garden. Hey, what about this one that God has put off limits? Like you see that here. Esau's the older son. Esau would have been born into the birthright. Gandalf, when birthright, is that familiar language? Yeah. All right. Birthright, what do you think of? I think of inheritance. Yeah, inheritance. And this is even spelled out in the Old Testament. Uh, the law of primogeniture. I think it's Deut- was it Deuteronomy twenty one. Is that where that twenty one seventeen? Yeah, see, I'm glad you, I'm glad you had that right. I had twenty one. I didn't have verse seventeen. <laughs> right. Let uh, me read it to you. But he shall acknowledge the firstborn son of the unloved by giving him a double portion of all that he has, for he is the first fruit of his strength. The right of his for, of the firstborn is his. Yeah. So if you had two sons, one of them got two thirds, one of them got one third. If you had three sons, one of them got one half and the two got one fourth. The oldest son got a double portion of the the inheritance. The irony at this point is that Isaac has how much inheritance to pass on? <laughs> Not so much. You get two thirds of the cave of Machpelah. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, right. Uh, but eventually there will be much more. Right. Uh, but Esau, kind of like Genesis 3, exchanges the ultimate for the immediate there's there's so oh, that's such a great line there's well there's so many food scenes uh what is the trigger in the sodom and gomorrah stuff uh what is one of the ways that the righteousness of abraham and sarah versus the unrighteousness of sodom is demonstrated in the passage abraham gave him a meal yeah mm-hmm. lot gives him a meal lot oh. gives him a meal and everyone else is responding very differently yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's putting it to put it mildly um, yeah um, so what, what do you got? What do you see in this passage? Um, well, kind of going into last week is that 
I mean, it's kind of like father, like son here. I mean, this is the apple not falling far from the tree. They're coming up. Uh, they're coming up on that yearly uh, father son wild game feast at the local Jewish synagogue. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, that's the too funny. Um, but um, you look here, and also I think I, I'm trying to think about how this hits me. But just he ate and drank and rose and went on his way. Like he doesn't think he doesn't think anything about what just transpired. Yeah, it's just kind of like it reminds me of uh, uh, in the Proverbs. Is this the way? This is the way of the adulteress. She wipes her mouth and says, "I've done nothing wrong." Like that's so interesting that you say that because I I had uh, not to make this episode about Proverbs. Mm -hmm. I read Proverbs many many times, and I I always felt like I was missing something, Mm. and. Uh, it, it hit for me when I'd get to Proverbs 31 and I'm like, that's a weird note for the, the model wife. Why, what, what does that have to do with anything? Why, why end, even when you find out that a hey, Proverbs, wisdom literature, that's stuff that you would raise kings on, future kings. This is how you teach young men to, to mm-hmm. be good rulers. Why end it with Proverbs 31? This is the King Lemuel. This is the kind of wife you look for. And then I got into studying Proverbs for the sake of teaching it. And mm-hmm. Hebrew teaching is intensive learning. And you have this constant ongoing metaphor all throughout Proverbs that wisdom is like a marriage material. She's Mm -hmm. the woman that you put down roots with. Mm -hmm. And folly is the woman of the night. She's the instant gratification woman. That's right. She she wipes her mouth and says, I've done nothing wrong. Specifically from the ESV, it is, this is the way of an adulteress. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I've done no wrong. Uh, And so you get to Proverbs 31... And when you tell the king what to look for in a wife, you're really telling a kingdom, I mean, you're really telling a king, seek wisdom. This choice really matters. Yes. Uh, In other words, there are decisions that we can make in a moment that have much further and farther reaching ramifications. How is it that the adulteress is able to wipe her mouth and say, "Ah, I've done nothing wrong here. I've just enjoyed a meal at the expense of adultery. The it meaning in, in a sense the adulteress is somehow whether she's exploiting whoever she's committing adultery with for financial purposes or I, I I don't know what exactly it's connected to there but it's or is it just a euphemism to just capture the idea of nonchalantly not realizing the gravity of what has taken place it's like no, it's just it's just adultery it's just sex it's yeah. just whatever but it's like and for Esau here eh, it's just a meal it's just a meal and, and he went back off to the field to hunt some exactly more. and then. Tapping in to Hebrews 12, see to it. It's going to hit that you. No, oh, that no one is sexually immoral. Right before right before it talks about this. Like yeah. Esau, who for a single meal. Man. Yeah. It's funny how that all. Are you, are you tracking again? Oh, I'm tracking. It's, so, the, it's the immediate at the, at the expense of the ultimate. Uh, and later, uh, when you get the indigestion or spiritual heartburn of your decision, mm-hmm. it, the meal is more costly than you realize. I, like I think of the, I, it's one of those memes you see in a kitchen uh, above the snack cabinet. Remember, a moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I was when I was a student pastor at North Conway Baptist Church in shout uh, out in uh, South Carolina, there was a student who very prof- he he put on the profound voice as though he was saying something with great gravity. He's like, sin is like Taco Bell. It's great when you eat it. But later, it will come back to harm harm you. <laughs> <laughs> this, 
And it's and it's available at 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I did this. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't plan on talking about this today, but uh, in Sunday's sermon, I was talking about how God uh, calls us to do some things uh, sometimes that are not pleasure-driven pleasure, uh, or desirable in the moment, but it's the spiritual diet we need to make us healthy long-term. And I said, what we want is we want every spiritually right decision to to be like eating a little Debbie snack cake. And I said, it's funny. I looked up uh, little Debbie to put her in the sermon uh, PowerPoint and I got some memes that that generated. One was like, instead of little Debbie, it had little diabetes. Uh, and another one had like a Photoshopped. They, they made it look like Debbie was eating her own snack cakes and they just called her big Deb. <laughs> uh, and then I said, when I think about uh, the opposite of that, I think about the food I hated most as a kid, broccoli. Um, broccoli is not exciting to a kid. Uh, and yet broccoli is rich in all these nutrients. And broccoli is the long, it's, it's the, it's the broccoli's delayed gratification for the sake of longer, better health. Right. Right. There's uh, a reason why little Deb, it's little Debbie with the snack cakes, but it's the great green giant with the broccoli. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Here's but, the, uh, oh, but uh, real quick, mm -hmm. I said the neat thing about Broccoli is it's along with kale and cauliflower and some other delicious cousins. They're called cruciferous vegetables, literally cross-bearing vegetables. Mm. Instead of How going about that? instead of what you want in the moment that ruins you in the long run, it's doing the unpleasurable thing in the moment to get you the desired long-term. You know, any neat. Well, yeah, and I think also here I want to go back to last week's scripture. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in tents. All right, let's just think about Esau for a minute. All right, so he's a man of the field. He's a skillful hunter. He loves being outside. And this scripture this week says, and thus Esau despised his birthright. You show me the man that despises his birthright, and I will show you the man who has no interest in growing up. Because when there is an interest in, you know what, one day I'm going to be out on my own. I, I, I'm going to need something. I, this guy had so shirked his responsibility. He is so invested in being a child that he, he saw peaked in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but it, it, it really is, is that Esau has no plans to grow up. There's a huge difference between growing old and growing up. And Esau is growing old, but clearly he is not growing up. And now as the story progresses by the time, you know, Jacob gets back from Laban and stuff. Yeah. Esau's grown, grown up some, but it's going to take Esau a long time. And like, there is going to be stuff that he is not going to heed the word of his parents. He's going to take Canaanite wives. It's you like, know what they did not eat at that Genesis 33, uh, family reunion. Lentil stew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to step out on a limb and guess that. <laughs> soup, right. soup, anyone? But, um, but there is a, uh, there, um, I've told the story before when I was at Mississippi College my last two years, we lived in, in a neighborhood not far from the school. Uh, Woodmore, I don't know if you yeah, remember no, Woodmore. That. Yeah, so there was a townhome section back in there. My, okay, I didn't know that. Our first house that we purchased was back in there. And I've told this story before, but there was, in a part of that neighborhood, there was a guy there that lived with his mother, and uh, one day he, he drove a suburban-type car, an older one, and um, he blew through a brick fence in there. 
just totally lost control of his car and he was just being reckless and irresponsible. And the police came and we kind of checked on everybody and went across the street and stuff like that. The lady who might have not know at the time, she said, uh, is telling the police officer and another person staying there that, you know, he needs this. This is, this is the wake up call that he needs to, you know, finally wake up his act together. And this lady, I mean, not to like looks can be deceiving and not to size somebody up just by their appearance. But I was thinking this lady is on up in years. And, uh, the officer said, well, how old is your son? She said, he's 55. Mm. And it's one of those things where like, ma'am, I don't know that he's grown, but he is growing old. And I think that's what we see here. Did he, cra- he, did he crash the car into his mom's house? No, it was somebody else's house. Because that, like that. that would have been the height of irony for me is if, if he depreciated. It was her brick fence. Well, it, but- it would, that's the irony for me is he, he damaged something that was going to belong to him. Like that, like that's, that's uh, yeah, the irony. I've not for, even thought about that. Yeah. Well, that's the irony with Jacob and Esau. Esau goes back out to hunt probably, right? Yeah. Where does he go? Drank and Man, rose and went, field. went his way, probably went back to the field, even though he just sold a third of the hunting club. <laughs> Word. Uh, you, you see what I'm saying? Uh, uh, in other words, for the sake of a single meal, you gave away a third of the, the thing that you'll use to get all your meals. Yeah. Um, Congratulations. You just played just there's, It's been a while. Yeah, there, there, uh, we, we're, we were overdue that, for right. it. We were overdue for it. And that, and, and that is a man who is only concerned about the moment, not concerned about the future. And goes back to last week, Isaac loved, to es- loved Esau because he ate of his game. Like, man, such a – when we say sensual, we often think sexual. But sensual senses, the senses just being so tied up with fulfilling the senses of the moment. Yeah, there is absolutely. Uh, well, it's, it's easy. Uh, I met a, a friend uh, for lunch recently and I was getting, you know, I had a couple of weeks off the wagon, so to speak. And so I told myself what I was getting before I went into the restaurant but then you sit down and you <laughs> and you see waiters bringing other people their food, and it's not the stuff you told yourself you were going to get. And then you start getting a whiff of the food in the restaurant, and you start craving things you didn't even know were on the menu. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- th- there's a reason fast food signs are the colors that trigger uh, impulsive, passionate, sensual reactions. You see a lot of red and a lot of yeah. orange and a lot of... They've, so, they've done all kind of marketing studies. Have y'all ever been to Disney World? Yes. When you when you go out to eat, they want you to think like Esau, not Jacob. So at Disney World, when you are walking through Main Street at the Magic Kingdom, they have machines that that is not the bakery you are smelling. That is a smell producing machine that smells like the food in the restaurants that is amplified in order to get you to stop. Isn't that something? Yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all were sitting at the same table. Y'all can see the glass shattering in my head. <laughs> next time you go to the gro- next time you go to the grocery store, go by the cereal aisle. Well, so this is the funny. We were at Animal Kingdom, and there's the Avatar ride, and the Avatar ride yeah. is multi-sensory. Oh, yeah, the smell, uh, the feel, and, and there's through. smell, and yet there was some, some small part of me that was on that Avatar ride. You know, the flight of the Navi, and I thought to myself, "Why do I want a funnel cake?" <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really funny. Next time you go to the supermarket, go walk walk down the cereal aisle. All the mascots on all the boxes are all looking down, 
at the most impulsive, weakest member of the family, the child. There it is. Mm. Mm. So it is interesting, uh, back on the meal thing, and I'll say this just about every time we have a meal episode, because there's so many important scenes. Again, living Genesis, uh, reading Genesis while you're living the Exodus. God set them free and had them take a meal first. The first thing they complained about in the wilderness on the way to their ultimate inheritance was God's immediate provisions. What do we eat? What do we drink? And when Jesus comes to make things right on the eve of dying on the cross, he shares a meal with the disciples and said, I am the bread. I am the wine. And then he goes and dies on the cross so that they could have a bigger inheritance, not a smaller one. I was just looking at something here really fast. Uh, this word despised is also used. Oh, oh my goodness. Do you see where this is used in numbers? This word despised is used to describe the sin of the high hand. How about that? This I don't. I don't see it because I don't have logos. Numbers fifteen thirty one. But the person who does anything with a high hand, whether he is a native or a sojourner, reviles the Lord, and that person shall be cut off from among his people because he has despised the word of the Lord and has broken his commandment. That person shall be utterly cut off. His iniquity shall be on him. Rut row. Like it, Esau here is the embodiment of, you know, they sat down by the fireside. I mean, gosh. Did they, they, they may have, did they meet Abraham? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, is there any overlap in their lives? I can't remember. I don't think. But still, nonetheless, you know, they've sat down at the fireside. With Daddy Isaac, and he has told. Well, since about he brought DJ Khaled back, I'll bring Lion King back. Everything the light touches will be yours. <laughs> That's right, but but you know that these guys have sat down with Mom and Dad, and they've heard about Father Abraham. They've heard about the promise and everything that is going to be yours, and um, it's kind of like maybe they were sitting around the fire one night, and they're like, "Hey, Esau, son, pay attention." He's, like, oh, "I'm sorry," because he was drifting off thinking about the next hunt. Mm. and man not despising the word of the Lord and not recognizing the moment in fact this will be the criticism that Jesus criticizes the generation that refused did not know the hour of your visitation that's right man what a great thought to think and scary all together mm. well listener I urge you to not live in the moment right now it would be easy to just simply close your podcast app be in it for the long haul and think of ultimate subscribe. things yeah but instead think about the inheritance you would receive if you could only subscribe to the better than fiction bible podcast and instead of being able to just go about your day right now you could instead receive a notification every tuesday morning when we release another 30 minutes discussing the grand biblical narrative so next week guess what more genesis 25 that's right we're still we're still in it it's like we all, the alternate name of this podcast could be more, not less. Like that, we say it all the time. It bears true here as well. So we'll be back next week. Till then, you have a good one. See you next time. Shalom.